Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISE Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony LeBull Caruso with you tonight, and we are so excited. Yes, it may still be August, but we are a month away from the start of the Triple H Summer of Sport, and what better way to kick it off than the official, unofficial preview of the 2022-23 New South Wales Men's Premier Cricket Competition. This is arguably the world's toughest club cricket competition 20 teams battle it out for the Belvedere Cup and the Foster Cup for the club championship. And we're going to run the rule through all 20 teams. I can't do this alone. So joining us tonight, first off, is our chief cricketing correspondent, the wise man himself, Matt Mears. Good evening to you. Good evening, Caruso. Great to be back here doing another Splinters podcast. And one of the big ones, it is the, as you said, the Premier Cricket preview. It is crazy to think that, it's only a, a, a few short weeks away before we'll be uh, talking round one and we'll be out there playing round one. And uh, as I said, I think every year we get more excited to see what happens in this competition. There's a lot happening off the field, which is what we really like to get into here on Splinters. So, mate, I think it's time to introduce our special guest and get cracking into it. Oh, it absolutely is. And what a special guest we do have. We're very fortunate that we get to... Um, do this podcast with some of the best and brightest from the New South Wales men's premier cricket. And tonight is no exception. A junior from both the Manlaringa District Cricket Club and the Gordon Cricket Club. He is a Benno medalist and a first grade premiership winner. Joining us tonight, an absolute darling, I'd have to say, of the Northern Beaches as well. Jack Ritchie, good evening to you. (laughs) <laughs> Evening, Anthony, Matt. Um, thanks very much for having me and can't wait to uh, talk some New South Wales Premier Cricket, one of my favourite topics. Now, we, we need to get a couple of things out of the way, of course, because, Jack, you and I have got a very special bond here and uh, we're going to start off a little bit by heaping a little bit on Matt Mears because oh, here we go. Some people, some people may not know this as well, but you are a Chroma legend. <laughs> That's all. I don't know about legend, but played yeah, on, no one wants to admit they're from that Chroma Legends and, uh, team. Yeah, don't do that. Some great. No one wants to admit from the Chroma Legends team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, great little career club Chroma has produced a lot of um, a lot of manly grade players over the years. So yeah, great, great little club. Oh, well, it's reigning, um, reigning uh, MWCA first grade premiers. So they'll uh, they'll be uh, very fired up for for when the park competition starts in a few weeks. Also. And we should also mention a congratulations to you, Matt Mears. Life membership with the MWCA, well-deserved as well. Well, thank you, Caruso. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of the finalies. It's one of those things where it has to go through all the paperwork and all that sort of stuff, which was done quite some time ago. But um, thankfully now, finally, we, we get to have the, the fun part, the presentation part, the celebratory part, where we finally had our presentation nine and was able to receive that in front of uh, the MWCA uh, Collective, and, um, mate, a great honour. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of time put into cricket. If it wasn't for the MWCA and the work I did there, I wouldn't be part of the Triple H team. So, mate, it's uh, a massive honour. Um, but uh, I won't be slowing down on anything uh, in my contributions to cricket. But, um, as I said, great honour. Can't thank the MWCA and everybody uh, enough for it. Well, We better get into it. Of course, this podcast is so big, we need to do it in two parts. So we're going to do our first 10 teams in alphabetical order. Well, I can with that, I can see the umpires, Hugh Jarson strikes back, are out in the center now, and it is time for play. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. (laughs) 
And we're going to kick things off here tonight with our first team in alphabetical order. It is the Bankstown District Cricket Club, the Bankstown Bulldogs. Matt Mears, uh, take us through the transfers. There's only one, but I understand it's a pretty big one. Well, yeah, when you talk about big transfers and um, from a team that don't normally you don't normally see a lot of people coming out unless they're going to other states for uh, higher opportunities. But uh, the big hard-hitting all-rounder, Ryan Felch, uh, joining uh, Bankstown from Sydney, that's going to be one that um, people are going to be talking about coming round one. And Jack, Bankstown has developed a very solid reputation over the last few years as a limited overs and a T. 20 specialist and having Ryan Felsch in their lineup, that's going to, that's going to do their credentials. No harm. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, um, one of the best white ball cricketers in the comp. So um, that's a massive get for, for Bankstown. I think he'll, um, you know, I think there's a good chance he'll win a few games off his own bat um, for the season. And this isn't with a lineup that's got talent all over when they're all, all available, the likes of, you know, all over the park as well, in the likes of Nick Carruthers, Liam Marshall, Dan Solway, Nathan McAndrew, Mitch Hines as well. It's not quite the Bankstown team you might remember from your grand final heroics, but it's still a very fearsome lineup. It is, yeah. It's a really strong lineup. A lot of really experienced players there. Nick Carruthers has been playing first grade for, for many, many years now. And Daniel Solway is, you know, probably the, the best two-day player in the competition. So I actually think now they've got, Solway, one of the best two-day players, and Felch, one of the best white ball players. Um, so I think they're they're in a really good position um, to really challenge in all three competitions this season. And of course, Mizzy, the, their mid-season slump last year was did coincide with the unavailability of their big three in Solway, McAndrew, and I have to say as well, Mitch Brown, um, along with Liam Marshall on futures duty. So, yeah. Given there's going to be a lot more two-day cricket, it's probably going to benefit them. How do you see them finishing off? Well, said it's going to be obviously with Ryan Fels coming in, what he can contribute both in white and red ball cricket. The loss of Nathan McAndrew to South Australia uh, last season, uh, he's obviously fitted into that system really well. He's a huge hole um, with bat and ball in this team. Hopefully, I think they're probably hoping that Felch can sort of fill those shoes uh, to a degree, um, but. As I said, it's one of those things that you, with most clubs, if you take two, three of the big names out, they are going to struggle. As I said, a lot of the teams don't have the depth that they used to be when you could take two or three out for higher honours and there'd be the two or three guys in second grade ready to pounce and ready to take those spots. Unfortunately, I just don't think with, with Bankstown, they have that depth that they used to have. When they have everybody on the park, 100%, they're going to be up there. They're going to be there or thereabouts. Dan Solway, it's going to be interesting. The last few years, you saw that he was a mainstay of that uh, New South Wales Sheffield Shield side. It'll be interesting to see what he, how he figures into that into that team now going forward. I still think that they can improve on last year. As I said, a fourteenth is is not where a club like this should be. I think they'd be up in that top ten, maybe pushing for finals, but. I still don't think that uh, that seven to tenth is probably where they'll end up. And Jack, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think they'll be pushing for finals. They might jag a spot in one of the formats. Um, they'll really rely on Felch in the white ball cricket, and and Solway will need to have a big season in 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 the the two day red ball cricket to um to challenge. I think. Let's go to our second team. It is Blacktown Mounties Cricket Club. Of course, the Blacktown Mounties Warriors. And um, Mirzi, they've been quite busy during the uh, the transfer period with players coming in and out. Yeah, some um, some big names coming in and out of uh, this team, uh, the Blacktown Mounties. When they hooked up with Mounties, we I think we've talked about it here on the podcast the last couple of years. Is that we were hoping that that money injection from the Mounties club was going to be the, the catalyst to, to push them up from the bottom of the ladder. Just with whatever, whatever's happened in the last two years, that's not a podcast that we want to be remember reminiscing about all that, what's happened in the last two years. But obviously the money hasn't been there um, for those reasons. Hopefully now that money will start to see it come into the club. And you can see with some of these transfers in, particularly the Affleck brothers, um, Tim and Will, who have uh, come in from um, Randy Peets as well as uh, Peru Gawar, um, they're going to be some um, 
serious uh, talent into that club. And it's not going to be the, the the opportunity where I think a lot of teams would have gone, well, it's only playing Blacktown. I think they're going to start building on that on that, and um, and really looking forward to this season where they could actually get some good results on the field. It isn't without losses, though, Jack, because, of course, they've lost Hargis Singh to Western Suburbs, Yanni Theodorakopoulos to Eastern Suburbs, and Huna Verma to Penrith. We, we see, I see this lineup as having a very strong batting team, but, geez, their bowling looks threadbare. Yeah, their bowling does look a little bit thin, um, for sure. I think on paper they've got quite a strong batting lineup. Like, Fawcett is a... You know, he's played first-class cricket. Matt Day is a you know, really experienced, successful first-grade cricketer. So on paper, and, and now the athletes there as well, um, you know, on paper they've got some good players there, but they just haven't quite performed to, to potential. And as you say, bowling-wise, um, yeah, they do look pretty thin. So I'm not sure, you know, to win games, you've got to take 10 wickets. So I'm not exactly sure how they'll go about doing that. And then... The other one as well, I'm not sure if you I think they've lost their keeper, James Newton. I think he might be going to Gordon Cricket Club um, to possibly replace Max Newman. But um, So that could be another another loss for them. That's a very late transfer if that's occurred because um, these were formally announced only a week or so ago. So that would mm. be a very late one indeed. I, I see them struggling. I think they'll do enough, Matt, to avoid the wooden spoon. But I could see them being a smoky for the limited overs or T20s? Well, they, they finished fourth in the uh, the Sydney Thunder Conference uh, last year and, and were a surprise appearance in the uh, the conference semifinals. So obviously with the with the limited overs, the fact they don't have to bowl teams out, they can, they can just restrict teams. They can just bowl those good line and lengths, don't have to go for the wickets and then use that batting power um, to get some, get themselves some wins. Um, but yeah, in those two in the two day competition and moving back, that we're going to have a lot more two days this season than in than in the past couple. It, it, it will be hard. There'll be some long, long days in the field for them where where they're going to struggle to take ten wickets. But as I said, I think you get on a roll in one form of cricket, it can transfer over into the other form. And they finished nineteenth last year. I think they'll improve. Don't think they'll make the top ten, but if they can fit, finish in that sort of 12, 13, 14, 15 position, they'll see that as a win. They'll see it as they can build on that. And the further they can get themselves up that tab- table, it means the more attractive it's a, of a proposition it is to get more quality players into the club. Jack, does it look like Blacktown is on the on the build and how far do you think that build will go? Yeah, I think they will improve. The other one, like, um, we didn't mention D Bartolo as well, who can be a really punishing um, batsman at the top of the order. So I think their batting um, will be pretty solid through through the season. Um, I think they'll have a few runs to play with, but I'm just not sure if their their bowlers will um, will sort of get them across the line. So yeah, same. I think they'll improve, but somewhere around that ten to fifteen position, I think. We then go. Oh, oh dear God, Matt. Mate, mate, have we got the lawyers on standby? I don't need any cease and desists again from this club. No, no, no. I've, I've hired the guy who does Legal Eagle to protect us this time around. Oh, good. We so need something. We need, we need something for this. We are we are talking, of course, the Campbelltown Camden District Cricket Club. It is Ghosts Cricket time. And, uh, Jack, one thing you need to understand with this is that uh, normally we get on pretty well with all of the New South Wales Premier Cricket Clubs. This is the one that doesn't like us. Well, they don't like you. I don't no, think they're, they're, really I mean, they're don't like me, me oh, but they don't like you. Hey, I think I've still got the DM somewhere. But hey, at the end, we were right. They were, we were right with what we said. So yeah. I don't know how angry they can be at us. So I um I I came out <laughs> three years ago and called them for the wooden spoon, Jack. Yeah, they got pretty narky on Instagram about it. Uh. End of the season, I was right. Well, they, well, we also we also <laughs> said some player moves that they. They flat out denied, and then two weeks later, it was announced that we were correct as well. So, um, yeah, they, they they had a little bit of egg on their face after that one. But we are impartial here; we are unbiased. We will give them a fair um, look here because they do have some interesting ins coming in um, for this season. Take us through it. Take us through it, Miz. Yeah, there's one in particular I'm very interested in. Well, the huge one, um, Mr. Ospinner, Miss Twelve, Mr. Twelve Wickets in India, Jason Crazier. 
coming on board as head coach. That's a really interesting one. Um, obviously, they they realise that that's a that's a, a a sore point. They need to have someone there that can attract the players in, and um, they've got Luke Courtney and Chad Samet back from Hawkesbury, so a, a good start there for uh, the new coach. But now it's going to be can they build on that? Because you look through the some of the players on this list and. As I said it's it's people that we've we've seen uh, flowing around um, the, in higher uh, levels of cricket. Well, absolutely. I mean, the one that stands out in particular for the uh, for them as well is Luke Webb, who has uh, been, I guess, floating around in the futures competitions from time to time. Jack, we also know as well that Campbelltown Camden has really struggled. Um, with getting regular game time out at Raby owing to not only the uh, bushfires that occurred, but their ground also their ground also being the subject of some threatening water over the last couple of years, especially with Warragamba Dam not far down the road. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know um, Gordon's fixture against them last year was um, was rained out. So yeah, it is. If there's rain about. Um, Raby does tend to tend to cop it a bit, unfortunately. I've got them, Mirzi. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I've tipped Get them the for the bottom ready. five. I've tipped them for the bottom five. Mm. I am not tipping them from for the spoon this year. I, I'd have to agree. Um, as I said they they do have a loss in Owen Cole going to Penrith, which we didn't mention, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they'll be finishing last. Um, I do think they'll be able to get a couple of, of wins on the board. When you've got the likes of, of Tanvir Sanger and the likes in your club, he he's at least going to spin them to victory in one game, you you would hope, um, if not more, um, and they can rally around that. But, yeah, you, you're looking sort of 15 through to 18, in my opinion. Um, yeah, they're probably one or two teams that, that we'll talk about a bit later that, that might be upsurping them. That yeah, I, I don't think they'll be the wooden spoon will be going out to Arabia again. And it, Jack, I'll get your prediction, but it, it does pose an, a very fascinating question, which is to really, really about how New South Wales Premier Cricket hasn't taken off as much as we thought it would in Greater Western Sydney. Yeah, well, it's an interesting one, and there's a couple of other clubs we, we've spoken about Blacktown already. But you know, we, we'll discuss Hawkesbury a little bit later, but. Yeah, I think a few a few clubs in that Western Sydney area are, are struggling a little bit. Um, you know, and there is always the argument that 20 clubs is too many and that the talent is spread a bit thinly. Um, and perhaps, you know, some clubs, you know, possibly should look to merge, um, which is a, it's a quite a fair argument, I think, particularly if clubs are struggling to sort of stand on their own, own two feet. Um, you know, merger, you know, could be, could be a, a way to... to Make them, um, yeah, a little bit stronger. Make the competition a little bit stronger. Uh, but look on Campbelltown. I actually think, I actually, I think Crazier is a great get for them. I think that's a really good acquisition. Um, and someone with that sort of profile can attract players. And um, I think Chad Summit is is a is a really good acquisition as well. He's been in the state system before, um, and you know, hopefully he's he's hungry to to get back in that state system. So, you know, if he can have a big season and take take wickets and take early wickets with that new ball. Um, you just never know. They might surprise a few teams. I'm not sure they're going to have a whole heap of runs to play with. So I think that'll be their downfall. But if Samet can really get going with the new ball and if Sanger plays the odd game and, and takes wickets with his leggies, they could surprise a few teams. And I think the appointment of Crazier will hold them in good stead. And hopefully over the next sort of two, three, four seasons, they might attract some players and, and, and build up their depth and sort of get back to the um, you know the the quality club they they were a few years ago. We then move on, Matt Mears, to the Eastern Suburbs Cricket Club, the Dolphins, and uh, I'll tell you what, there's a bit of a shopping list of changes that have come <laughs> through for them this year. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, they picked up Patrick Moore from Hawkesbury, uh, Yanni Theodropoulos, Theodropoulos from uh, from Blacktown, as you mentioned before. They've got some a host of players coming in from. Uh, New South Wales country and ACT in, in Tom Cody, uh, Blake Harper, Jack Houston, Ollie and Abel. Um, the big out though, I think is still is, will be Harry Conway. Another one of these players that have uh, 
we've seen him on the on the periphery of, of state selection. Um, we've seen him in the big bash, but now getting his his opportunity in South Australia as they rebuild their cricket down there. Um, but as I said, when you when you got a shopping list like that, and when you look at some of the names that they've they've brought in over the last couple of years as well, like we we talked about John O'Cook last year coming across and the difference maker he's been um, to this eastern suburb side. Um, uh, they they were a bit disappointing last year, but you think they've got to keep building on this momentum of, of these players that they're getting into the club. Well, the one for me, Jack, that I think was probably the best signing we'd, we'd seen from Eastern Suburbs was picking up um, all-rounder Marcus Atulla from UNSW, a great signing. The, the, the challenge that they've got is Eastern Suburbs have built up a reputation of being a two-day team, not a one-day team. It's a format they've struggled in, in quite a, for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, it is. I guess, like they've got some really good two day two day players in that team, like Angus Robson, Baxter Holt, Peter Neville when he plays, Sam Robson when he plays. Really good two day batters. But I think there are some really positive signs that they will perhaps perform a little bit better in in their white ball cricket. I know Will Simpson's a young player. I don't know if he's done a whole lot in first grade yet, but he's he's got a lot of talent. Um, in the, the game against Gordon last season, he was really impressive. Um, so he's got a lot of talent. And look, John O'Cook's a really experienced white ball cricketer as well. Obviously, he's played a lot with the Thunder. So um, I think there are some signs there that they, they could improve their results in the in the white ball cricket. But yeah, I think red ball cricket is still their, their bread and butter. For me, I, I think I have them currently finishing 7th to 10th. But Mizzy, out of all the teams out, that finished outside the top six last year, I think they're the ones that'd be most likely to crack into the top six. I have to agree with you there. I think the biggest telling point is last year in the Kingsgrove T20, they finished ninth in that Sydney Sixers conference. That just shows when you think you, when you got the likes of John O'Cook in there and they're still having those sort of performances, they'll be looking and be craving this return to red ball cricket. Um, they finished 10th last year. They will move up. Can they break that top six? As you said, they're probably the one, one of those ones outside that are that that could probably upset one of those teams that are that are firmly entrenched in that six and and push one of them out. But if they didn't, if they finish seventh or eighth as well, I wouldn't be surprised. But as I said, if they finish fifth or sixth, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, this is one of the teams that are going to be reveling um, with the return of two day cricket. And Jack, we all know that that contest often for for fifth and sixth place can often. Um, involve as many as five or six teams in its own right. And sometimes it could be a matter of bonus points or someone somehow snaking an outright win in the competition that gets them into the top six. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that can happen in that late, those last few rounds, which can impact that. You know, washouts, teams getting on, etc. But I think they'll be right up there, East. I really like their squad. I think they'll be, um, I think they'll be in the top six. Um, I think the only thing that... Might just take a bit of adjusting. Change of captain with Preddy leaving. Um, sometimes a change of captain, it can just take teams just a little bit of time to sort of settle into hearing a new voice and, you know, a bit of a, a different style of leadership. So um, I'm not saying that's going to, you know, hurt their season or anything like that, but I think it might just, I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, it just takes them a little bit of time just to sort of get into um into the flow of, of having a, a new skipper. But yeah, I, th- I think they'll be right up there. I think they're, a bit of a dark horse because I think Skelly's are, he's a really good bowler as well. So they've got a bit of firepower with the ball, with the with the new rock with Skelly, Cook with his spinners, and then a really strong batting lineup. So yeah, I think I think they'll be right up there. We then move on to our last team before we take our break, and it is the Fairfield Liverpool Cricket Club, the Fairfield Liverpool Lions. Matt Mears, a club that's known for being hot or cold, and they've done some very interesting transfers this year. Well, again, another team with a, a new head coach with uh, Michael Woolahan coming in, uh, also bringing along um, son Jake from from Hawkesbury. Uh, they're gonna. They, that's obviously going to be a big change for them how they how they adapt. Um, they also pick up Max Farmer from St George as well. So it'll be interesting to see. They finished thirteenth last year. They were last in the T Twenty competition. So I think this is another team where they'll benefit from the return of of a lot of two-day cricket, but I said there's still a lot of a lot of pieces in this jigsaw puzzle. I'd like to see come together. And th- this is the thing with um, Jack with this team that we've known that they've had a reputation of either being you know 
either being absolute force or just nowhere to be seen. It was only a couple of years ago that they rode into the finals off the incredible form of Luke Oronofsky and Liam Hatcher. Last year, they struggled a bit. This year, it looks like it could come together again. Yeah, I like I like Fairfield this season. I think Houlihan as coach is a is a really good get. He's um you know had a lot of success at Penrith in the past, so he knows what success looks like. Um, and I know he's just come from from Hawkesbury, but I think he'll bring in a, a really strong culture. And, and just looking at their team list, they've got really good players. Obviously, Oronofsky's a, a, a quality first grade player. Arjun Nair is a, is a quality first grader. Liam Hatcher. Um, the Sandus. So even though they, they're obviously losing Jared Burke, who's who's hung up the boots. So that is a Finally. loss. <laughs> oh, come um, on. Surely there could be an SOS at some point. You never know. Yeah, you the never Jared, know. The, look, the, whenever the Jared Burke foreign lesion is floating around, something happens. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I quite like Fairfield. I reckon they'll, um, I reckon they'll be, be right. I reckon, yeah, I reckon they'll be sort of, Definitely pushing for a final spot. If not, they might find themselves in. I reckon in that in that top six. It's a fascinating one because there is a lot of talent there. The only thing that could really hold them back, I think, Jack, is when we get to big bash time. You could see a number of these plays being unavailable. Yeah, that will hurt them for sure. So they'll need to have some depth. So um, yeah, they'll need to have a you know a good probably squad of 15, 16 guys who are all capable of performing well in first grade. Um, and so, yeah, whether or not they've got quite got that at the moment, um, time will tell. But if they can, at full strength, I think they'll give any side a run for their money. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have part two of the full preview of the 2022-23 New South Wales Men's Premier Cricket Competition You are listening to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Your local RSL is at the heart of every community and there is none better in the Hornsby-Karingai area than the Hornsby RSL. Whether you're planning a major event, dinner with family or friends or having a quiet night at your local, Hornsby RSL is the place to be. Rediscover what enjoying life is all about with regular weekly events, special entertainment and some of the best eateries in Sydney, we have you covered for a great night out. As always, drink responsibly. Support the club that supports. Come to Hornsby RSL at 4 High Street, Hornsby or get in touch on 947777 and at hornsbyrsl.com.au. The Hornsby RSL, proud station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Dom Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. 
Looking for a fun night out with family and friends? Then come to the hidden gem in the Hornsby Coringai area, the attic. Located inside Hornsby RSL, the attic provides all the fun and excitement you can expect from a bowling and arcade bar in an intimate location that ensures a real gaming experience for everyone. With four 10-pin bowling lanes, Australia's first augmented reality bowling experience and a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the attic is the place to let your inner child run wild. So make sure you book your next night out at the attic at 4 High Street Hornsby. Call them on 94777777 or book via their website at theattichornsby.com.au. The Attic, part of Hornsby RSL, station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com www.triplehfm.com.au and wherever you get your podcasts. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony Bull Caruso with the wise man Matt Mears and our special guest Jack Ritchie going through our preview of the 2022-23 New South Wales Men's Premier Cricket Competition. We are in part one, the first 10 teams in alphabetical order and we're going to move on to the second half of this episode and we're going to come back come up to the north to the northern corridor talking about the gordon district cricket club matt mears this is one of our favorites here on triple h sports certainly is i always pencil in uh, our day at chatswood oval when we'll get out there and call one of the uh um kingsgrove t20 cup games still traumatized by the by the time the ball landed on the uh, commentary uh table up in the grandstand and I thought either uh, I was going to lose my life or the person next to me was going to make me end my life because some of the equipment was going to be broken. But uh, <laughs> no, it is certainly one of the the, the, the great places around um, Sydney uh, grade cricket where just to play and just to be. And um, I'm sure Jack can tell us a lot more about it being out there in the middle. But it is certainly um, one of the one of the places we love to to visit as uh, as a commentary team. I have to ask, Jack, uh, start off with, in your time even playing against Gordon and then playing with Gordon, has a train ever been hit? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. I've seen plenty of uh, plenty of cricket balls hit onto the train tracks. But no, I don't think I have seen a, a train hit, but plenty plenty up in that direction for sure. Well, when we go through our, our um, transfers and changes for this year, Matt Mears, it's the return of one particular player who I think is going to make transport for New South Wales very nervous. <laughs> well, there's some other big ins as well, but I'm, I'm sure you're talking about Tim Crawford. He'll be a very welcome return um, after being out for the majority of last year through injury. But it's it's this in, that another player that we've seen a lot of through our calling with Triple H in Jack James coming across, coming up the uh, – Pacific Highway from uh, UTS North Sydney. He's going to add a lot to this team, as well as uh, Dale McKay uh, coming from Hawkesbury and, and Summit Joshi from Blacktown. It's some good recruiting done here, I think, by Gordon this season. And, and Jack, Gordon's been on a on a bit of a rebuild, especially during the um, after the departure of Charlie Stobo and a couple of his friends that played with him for a, a few years. It's it's starting to show some signs that Gordon's going to have a half decent team again this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, look, they, they, Gordon have been in a bit of a rebuilding stage. They lost about four or five guys a couple of years ago who had all played sort of close to ten years of first grade. Um, so they have been in a rebuilding phase. But look, I think as you said, look, Tim Crawford coming back is going to be huge. Um, he's really almost the, the 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 heart and soul of of that club and and the spiritual leader. Um, so him coming back is is going to be massive, not just from a runs and wickets perspective, but just his presence and his leadership. Um, I think the pickup of Jack James is, is a really good one. Um, you know, he'll get an opportunity at Gordon now to be a, a permanent fixture in that top order, where at North Sydney there was a few other really good players there he was sort of competing with for, um, for spots. And Dale Mackay has been regularly one of the, the top 10 um, you know, run scorers in, in first grade. So he's a, a big get as well. Um, so, I look, I think they're promising signs for Gordon this year. I think Taj Bra, who 
Had a, a bit of a breakout season last year. Hopefully he kicks on further this year. He scored his first two first grade centuries last season. Um, so it'd be great to see him go to that next level, which I think he will. Um, particularly going back to more red ball two-day cricket. His his game as a as an opening batter is is made for for red ball cricket. He likes to be patient and he makes the bowlers bowl to him. So I think he'll hopefully hopefully kick on. Um, I think my only worry with Gordon is is probably the bowling. I'm just I'm not sure that they're going to have um, the firepower in their bowling to to take ten wickets in two day cricket. I think a lot will depend on Jackson Saggers who. Had a huge season a couple of years ago. He made the 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 team of this the first grade team of the season um, and took over forty wickets. Probably struggled for rhythm a little bit last season. Um, so if he can get back to his best um, and be sort of supported by some of the other the other bowlers, then then Gordon could be could be uh, could be right up there. But I think they'll need Jackson to, to bowl the house down um, to sort of challenge consistently. There, there is one other thing to say about Gordon, Matt Mears, as we come to your prediction. With Tim Crawford back in their lineup, picking up Dal McKay in this lineup, I, I see them being a force in the t- in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup again this year. Well, they 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 have everywhere to go up after last year. Just just it wasn't their year um, in that in that competition. We've seen them do it before. We've we've called um, some of the big matches at Chatswood Oval, and and you're right. I think we'll be doing that again this year, but as Jack said, it, it does come down to the bowling and in white ball cricket, if you've, if you've got that five bowlers that can keep it tight, not leak too many runs, and then you've got that four or five explosive batsmen, you can chase down or you can set totals that can't be chased. But I, I think we'll see a, a drastic improvement from them in the Kingsgrove competition, but will they improve on their 15th from last year? Yes. Will they be a finals threat? Probably not. They'll be they'll be they'll be moving up towards that top ten. But as I said, if they had a couple more of those quality bowlers that like the Charlie Stobos that we were talking about missing, but if they could find a, a big replacement for him, um, then that's what would rocket them towards the finals. Now, normally I would say Jack that you'd be back in the boys in, but given your you won't be playing this year, you've got free reign. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, I think they'll definitely improve. Um, I think. Um. I think they'll they'll certainly improve. Um, whether or not they they have the 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 bowling firepower to to make the finals, I'm not sure. But um, I think they're yeah. I think I think them white ball. They as you guys said, they'll um, move up the ladder a bit. I think Jack James. He's you know not only is he a good bat, but he bowls handy handy offies. Tim Crawford obviously bowls his medium pace as well. So um, you know they've got some really good young cricketers as well. Gordon, who have been involved in the the New South Wales under nineteen squads last season, so and you know all tasted um, a bit of first grade last season, so they'll be better for the run as well. So um, yeah, I think they'll be um, sort of probably in that sort of six to tenth position, perhaps pushing for finals. And and if Jackson can um, you know take early wickets regularly, then um, then they could find themselves in the top six. Let's go to our next team. It is the Hawkesbury Cricket Club, the Hawkesbury Hawks. And Matt Mears, I think it's fair to say that three to four years of natural disasters has now taken a toll on this once proud club. Well, as I said, we've seen the damage that's happened to Benson Lane there. Their cricket um, ground, their, their complex out there. It's not just a ground, it's a complex. Yeah, it might be, it might be next to a couple of paddocks, but... Um, as I said, they, they had an impressive setup out there, but just the last few years with the, the natural disasters, the flood, it's carried across to this team and the list of outs is just, it's remarkable of just the exodus that's come out of this club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is painful to read and you've got Dal McKay obviously to Gordon, Ryan Hicks and Ryan Mizzy to Mossman, Pat Moore to Eastern Suburbs. Jake Wallahan, along with his father, Mike, to Fairfield, Liverpool. Connor Mizzy to Sydney. Luke Courtney and Chad Summit returning to Campbelltown, Camden. And Jack, out of all of that, their only pickup is AJ Isherwood, from, who was playing shy cricket at Pennant Hills last year. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're in um, not the best of spots, I'd say, Hawkesbury. It's, it's good that they have picked up an experienced cricketer to... Um, to skip at the team and, and and guide the 
guide the young guys, but I think um, they could be in for a bit of a tough season. It's a real shame. It's it is a real shame to sort of see them struggle at the moment. Hawksby, you know, they've got a great facility out there at Benson's Lane with the three grounds next to each other, and they have produced some amazing cricketers over over the years. So um, look, they're obviously just going through some tough times at the moment, but. Hopefully, hopefully they can sort of, um, you know, just start building. It's not going to happen overnight, but um, if they can get the right people, um, you know, in the key positions, you know, from the committee down to the skippers at the club, um, then hopefully they can just start to build bit, bit, by, bit by bit and, um, you know, in a few years' time be um, back to back to where they were. But, yeah, a bit tough times out there at the moment, I think. For I, I, I'm genuinely worried for them, Matt, because not only – I mean, forget the predictions. We, we, we know we, – I think we all know where they could end up finishing this year. But there's a real concern that, you know, this is a club that could be facing some pretty significant financial strain after everything they've been through. Yeah, well, I said uh, – Natural disasters cleaning up. There's only so much insurance money and and goodwill can go. And then uh, with when you couple that with what sort of team are we going to be putting on the the park week in and week out? And it, it looks like there's going to be a lot of guys that have been probably regular second graders that are going to have to make up, they're going to have to make that step up and contribute regularly in this first grade side just to keep them competitive with all the rest of the teams. It can be a it could be a huge blow to this club. Yeah, I don't. I think we just we the prediction gets shelved for this one. We we don't want to be uh, trying to go down any paths with this one. All I can say is I wish the best for Hawkesbury. Um, as I said, every club goes through a period like this, and and it only makes the club stronger. And hopefully, in the next couple of years, um, we'll see them bounce back out of this and and pushing up to be that club that we know that they can be. Well, let's move on to one of the more fascinating teams in this competition, the Manly Warringah District Cricket Club, the Manly Warringah Waratahs. Matt Mears, they've been quiet in the transfer. Only mm-hmm. one announcement, which we were all expecting to happen at some point, uh, well, which does... Virginian TV career to uh, worry about. Uh, well, yeah, true. <laughs> and, um, you know, at some point, I imagine he's going to weasel his way onto uh, splinters once again. Well, if he can, if he can bring us some social media followers, then he's more than welcome to come on Splinters. <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, no, you got to remember, his manager's now over in Seattle at the moment. Oh, okay. Well, as I said, we'll, we'll have to go in under the radar then, while uh, while the manager's out outside of uh, the country. But uh, we are talking about um, Mr. Uh, Maths himself, uh, Cam Merchant. Um, good bloke. We like, we do love him. Obviously we, you and me and all of us, uh, having our ties to the Manly club. Um, yeah, I said he was, to be fair though, he wasn't playing a lot of first grade cricket last year. He, he was floating between that one and two setup. Um, that's the strength that this Manly side has at the moment. They did a lot of their recruiting in the last couple of years, the likes of having Greg West come across, Ben Bryant come across, Ryan Hadley coming across to, to couple that with their local juniors in the Davies brothers, in Jake Carden, the Edwards brothers, Brian Farrell, the list goes on and on and on. I don't think we need to, to harp on that too much, but I think they'll be a little bit disappointed with how they, their season went last year. They only finished fourth on the on the points table and they finished sixth in the in the T twenty competition. When you consider how many of the of the guys there play in the big bash competition and they were available for the majority of the competition before they had to go on BBL duties. Um, they'll be d- disappointed uh, with where they finished up. So could see a, a bit of fire, particularly in these early rounds when they have their full team together. Now, Jack, you've played with quite a few of these players coming up either directly in first grade or coming up through through the ranks. It's a far cry from where it was when Manly won that first grade premiership back in 2014-15. But it, it has to be said that there's still a lot of talent. And as Matt Mears alluded to, this is a team like Fairfield Liverpool that gets absolutely pillaged during Big Bash. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, look, they're an incredibly strong, strong club and strong team. There's a number of guys there with first-class experience and, and big bash experience. So, um, you know, they, they do sort of um, lose a few of those guys, as you said, through the big bash period. Um, but, 
generally they um, generally sort of manage all right. But really, the last two seasons, like they made a grand final and then a, a, a semi final last year. It's just been um, been uh, you know the, the, the old batting collapse in in the the grand final and the, the semi last year that have cost them. But look, I ex- I expect Manly to be in the top two this season, and and I wouldn't be surprised if they win the premiership. Um, I think. A number of reasons, but I actually think that the passing of, of Michael Shepard, Juice, over oh, the off-season, yeah. oh, I think yeah. they're going to be playing on a lot of emotion. Um, I think they're going to really want to, um, you know, sort of do Juice proud. And so I think that's going to take them to that that next level. And they've been there or thereabouts the last couple of seasons anyway. And so, yeah, they're probably my pick to, to win the premiership, to be honest. And um, we, should, we should mention, Matt, as well, like for those who, who – have wondered who we're talking about here. Michael Shepard, Juice, he's an absolute legend of cricket, not only in Manly but throughout New South, oh, yeah. every, New everybody South Wales. That, everybody that's involved in the, the competition certainly knew, knew of him at least. Yeah. It's just so, but, um, so sad. But Yeah, taken way too soon, obviously. But um, as, said, yeah, as Jack said, it, it can be one of those things. It can galvanise a club and – and it can, it can, it can get those extra one percents out of you. It can, it can really spur you on when when the whole club is focused, and and it could be the thing. Like definitely, I would say that they'll improve on their sixth position on the in the Kingsgrove Sports Centre T Twenty Cup. They'll be playing finals cricket in that um, first grade competition. They'll be finishing higher than fourth. And um, yeah, if if everybody's on that tear, if everybody's um, got that one goal in mind, then they're going to be so hard to stop. Yeah, absolutely. I think they will be hard to stop. I think um, Joel Davies, I expect to improve again this season. You know, he had a really great first season in first grade last year. Um, I expect him to, to continue and go from strength to strength. Um, a, a little bit of signing news for you. I can I know that Lachlan Barnsley, who has um, played for Gordon the last probably four or five seasons. He has transferred to Manly. So Whoa, um, I'm not guess. sure where he'll start. I, I, I think he'll probably start in second grade, but um, I'm sure he'll play some first grade at, at some point. Um, he, he's got a couple of first grade centuries under his belt, so he's a good mm. cricketer. Um, and then the other one who, look, I know he's been traveling for the last 12 months or so, and I don't know what his plans are, but is Joel Foster. So if Joel does find himself back, you know, he's a guy that scored first grade centuries and taken first grade fifers. So, you know, Manly could even improve on their on their squad from from the last couple of seasons. Uh, having said that, obviously Cameron is is uh, is hanging up the boots, but um, and he'll be a big loss. But they have they could potentially um, you know, replace him with a couple of couple of quality cricketers. So. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll be be right right up there, Manly. It will be interesting. Their depth, as you said, does get tested during that Big Bash period. And I know a number of their young players in second grade this season have been playing um, in England over the winter, which is a great, great life experience. But I I do have a little theory that often players come back from England a little bit mentally burnt out. And so I do wonder if uh, those young second graders over there, if uh, with the, you know, putting their third sort of cricket season back to back to back together if they'll um if they'll quite have the results that they've had the last few years. So I wouldn't be surprised if Manly's depth does um get get really tested in that um big bash period. But I do think um at full strength I expect them to win the comp to be honest. Well we're gonna move on now to our second last team in this preview. It is the defending champions, the Mossman Cricket Club, the Mossman Wales. And, Matt, they have picked up a couple of players, but we do have one person on Triple H Sports who is currently crying into his schooner as we speak. I've only just calmed him down. Don't mention his name again, so I have to bet he console him yet again. But, yeah, Kiwi Mick's favourite cricketer, Matt Calder. Um, We've lost him to Adelaide, another one of the, the exodus down to South Australia. Mate, the, the Kiwi Mick somehow got himself into the final, uh, into the after party after the final. He, he, there's a photo floating around of him, I think with Matt Calder, with Alan Border and John Eels. How? 
Because he is the man. Kiwi Mickey's the man. <laughs> he is. For those who don't know, um, Kiwi Mick is arguably the best caller of rugby league in Sydney right now. And rugby Bar union. None. And rugby union. And rugby union. And Andy, 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 Andy goes toe to toe with me with the cricket calls as well. He he can do it all. Yeah. So for him to absolutely lose it with the announcement that Matt Calder has gone to Port Adelaide, I mean, this is just oh, I feel for him. I really no, feel for him. I know. And and to get to be able to watch him call, we we called a couple of games from Alan Porter last season and to, to watch Kiwi Mick in the in the commentary box while he's on full flight. He certainly is a T twenty player. He is uh, he, he gets Kiwi Mick's eye from that. But uh <laughs> we do watch we do wish him all the best. Um I can't Please do not try and give him your forwarding address or anything. I don't want to be responsible for any of the love letters or anything else that may come from Kiwi Mix way to try and tempt you back to Mossman. But uh, boy, this this club he, he certainly um, he certainly left it at a high point, and obviously to improve his cricket. But we will have one sad member of the commentary team. Yes, Jack, did you see what happened? Do you see what happens in this show sometimes? <laughs> Like this is this is the this is the kind of s housery that happens with it, with this show It's just it's absolutely incredible. Let's let's be let's be serious for for I guess for just a moment here, Jack. Um, Mossman a couple of years ago had probably one of the unluckiest seasons you would have ever have had. The number of games that they had lost by the less than twenty runs or by less than two wickets, and this year they converted all of them. They did. They won the close games, and that um, you know was probably the the difference. And none closer than the grand final, of course, um, where they won late on that third day. Um, yeah, no, look, I expect Mossman to be right up there again. It is really hard defending a premiership. You know, teams do always get themselves up when they're playing against the the, the reigning premiers. So, um, you know, they'll 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 probably find it a a challenge this year, being the hunted rather than the mm. hunters, but. I do. I do expect them to be um, to be right up there again. I think they've got a really strong culture at the moment. They won second grade two, so they're used to success. They know what success looks like. They know they can achieve success. So um, yeah, I expect them to be to be right up um, in that top six and really challenging again to go uh, to go back to back. And some really big names that we're going to be see coming through Mirzy, uh, the likes of Ashdall and Dean Crawford, Nathan Hinton. Harry Dalton, Jaden Park, Matt Moran, Lachlan Hearn, um, Peter Forrest, Elijah Eels, but they've now, Dan Hughes, whenever he's available, and Jake Turner. They've now picked up Ryan Hicks and Ryan Mizzy. Um, mm. This this lineup is just going to get even stronger, and I think that they're going to be premiership contenders again. Yeah, I said Peter Forrest, obviously using his ties back to Hawkesbury to uh, sort of save a couple of his mates from the sinking ship, so to speak, but. Uh, yeah, they'll be up there again, that's for sure. But but Jack hit the nail on the head there when he said that it, it's a different mindset when you're going from the, the hunter to the hunted. I think a lot of teams last year, they, they not that they wouldn't have known that they were a threat, but because they hadn't had a lot of success in the last few years or the last more than a few years, they're not one of those teams that everyone has sort of circled on the calendar as we need to get up for this game. We know this isn't going to be a tough one. Now they're now that now this game is going to be circled on everybody's calendars. They know they have to bring their A game against Mossman, so they're going to have to step up another gear if they want to be able to um, take back back to back premierships. It's going to be harder. It's going to be harder than doing it last year, coming from from that underdog position. Now they are the hunted, and uh, it'll be really interesting, I think, to see uh, particularly some of these young kids. We saw Lockie Hearn make his uh, debut for New South Wales in the Shield team at the back end of last year. Some of these other kids, they're on that radar as well. This is the test for them now. Are they are they up to the standard and they are they up to the higher standards that they're certainly on the periphery of at the moment? And Jack, another team that's gonna this is gonna be another team riding emotions at the moment because of course their new pavilion will be could oh, well be God. ready for the start of the season. Yeah, that'll be good. Those demountables were a bit of a uh, <laughs> bit of a punish at Alan Border last season. So um yeah, no, look, I expect them to continue um, their success from last season. And, um, yeah, you, you're right, Matt, in that, you know, you look, you look at their squad and there's not a lot of huge names. There's a lot of really good, like, solid 
first grade cricketers. There's only a, a, a handful there who have played at a higher level. Um, but look, I think that, you know, they, they were just a disciplined team. They all knew their roles. They were a very together team. I think Peter Forrest sort of brought them together really well. Um, and so, yeah, look, I think, you know, they've got that belief that they can win premierships. Um, and so, yeah, I expect them to be to be right up there again, but they will find the going a little bit tougher, I think, this season. We then move on to our last team for the night. It is the Parramatta District Cricket Club, the Parramatta Two Blues. And Matt Mears, it's a far cry from where this team was when they won the premiership a few years ago and the scenes of Doug Walters um, crying tears of joy to see the Two Blues win their first premiership, I think, since being named Parramatta, if I remember rightly. Well, I'm sure we we had um, Doug once for a for a um, a night down at the the Hubble Bowling Club, and I think when we were all turning up to the ground, he was already at the bar. Um, so we know what we know what sort of guy is like. He, he he loves his beer, he loves his cricket, um, and and for for him, like obviously, he would have been playing there um, for a lot of years coming down from uh, from the bush to to see those scenes. Obviously, very emotional, but. Yeah, I, that this team is not the same as as that team. Um, it, it is crazy how cricket, how how things can move on so quickly, um, and it's just what happened to Parramatta. It's it's sort of uh, passed them by. Um, they're still a, a dominating team in white ball cricket. We saw that last year where they finished second in the Sydney Thunder Conference. Um, you would have thought though with that form in the T20s that with the white ball cricket that we did play last season, we would have seen a better performance than 11th. But with, with they, when, they're, when they're trying to put a lot of their hopes on the likes of Nick Burtis, who found himself in the uh, New South Wales team probably a bit more than he was expecting to. Um, ben Abbott, I don't think, had the best season last year that he would have been hoping for. I don't know if they have the depth to try and cover that when – they're going to, when they're going to have like Nick Burtis missing again this year, I'm going and to be keeping my eye on him, but it, it, it is going to be a struggle for them, I think, again. And, and it, Jack, it just gets worse for them because, of course, their veteran Scott Copperfield has announced his retirement. And Scott, you know, a great character of the game, but uh, I think probably went on longer than he should have, owing the number of injuries and him trying to remould himself as a bat. It just wasn't the same Copperfield. Yeah, look, that'll be two really big losses. You know, Ryan Hackney's a really, really good cricketer. Um, they'll really miss him. And and, and Scott Copperfield, you know, has, has had an amazing career, um, you know, first-grade premiership winner. So they will miss his experience. I'm sure just his um, presence um, around the around the team as a, as a you know, a bit of a an older head. Um, so, yeah, look, I think Parramatta are going to struggle this season, to be honest. I think... Um, you know they do have some good good cricketers in that in that top six, but a lot of guys who are pretty hit and miss. So like Ben Abbott, Luke Dempsey, on their day they're awesome, but um, you know in two, in red ball two day cricket, um, you know I don't think they're going to be overly consistent. Um, and with Hackney moving on, I think that Nick Burtis is going to have to really shoulder the load of the batting. So they're going to rely on him, I think, to have a, a thousand run season. And if he doesn't, or if he's away a lot, playing for the Blues or in the Big Bash, I think Parramatta are really going to struggle. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we have come to the end of part one of our preview for the 2022-23 New South Wales Men's Premier Cricket. We'll be back with part two next week as we conclude the run of 20 teams. Yes, that's how big it's going to be. My thanks to our special guest first off, Jack Ritchie. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, who knows, we might be able to coax you in for a call or two during the course of the season. I would love that. Thank you for having me. It was uh, great to chew the fat. And, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, observing from afar um, how the New South Wales Premier Cricket season unfolds. Matt, always a pleasure. And we've got a lot of podcasts you and I together over the next month, <laughs> don't we? Well, we know cricket season's coming up, obviously. Yeah, we've got part two. We've got women's cricket. We've got Shires cricket. We'll have WBBL. There'll be it'll be all coming from everywhere, but we wouldn't have it any other way.
Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza on behalf of Jack Ritchie and Matt Mears. I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites. Thank <laughs> you.